We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? Before we get started on the show, quick shout out to the Patreon members, the new Patreon members that have signed up in the last couple of weeks. Chase Long, David Owen, Devin Rendon, Blake the Snake, Hagerstrom. I don't know if that's his nickname, but, you know, Blakey Blakey, big mistakey. Tristan Radzlav, Bradley Preller, my guy BP from the Twitch stream, and GT Kenny, just because he degens just like your boy. If you guys want to support the show, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. For those of you that signed up, it's September. You are participating in the DraftKings contest. The winner will get either a shirt or a VM poster. Second place will get what the first place doesn't choose. So we do have that. We are going to be running a really, really cool contest for the month of November. So if you want to sign up $10 tier or higher at the Patreon, you will be eligible to participate in our contest for November, getting it out there now so that we can get the signups and get you in there. If you want to hit us up on social media, it's at Veterans Minimum on Twitter and on Instagram. And we have a Facebook page that we're trying to grow, facebook.com slash Veterans Minimum. You'll see the show is now, the Monday pod is going to be uploaded on the Veterans Minimum YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. We're out here. We are grinding, folks. We are putting out a lot of content. Make sure you subscribe to that YouTube channel as well. If you want merch that you will see featured in the video, there's some hats, there's some shirts. Hit us up on social media. If you are a Patreon member, as a token of our appreciation to you, you will get a $5 discount if you are a member to the Patreon for shirts and hats. Let's get started with the show, folks. We're going to recap week five of the NFL season. One jumped out to us. We're going to play the Walking Dead game, completely eliminating a bunch of teams from playoff contention. And big talking point over the weekend, who's the MVP candidates? Is it McCaffrey? Is it Pat Mahomes? Is it Deshaun Watson who's not getting a lot of love? 
Or is it that guy up in Seattle that continues to do some magic? Kick back, relax, stay a while, and let's rock and roll. good everybody welcome back to veterans minimum you know the vibes if you're watching this on the youtube channel you could see us got a nice little desk set up over here week five recap we got a nice fun episode here solo pod and man oh man was week five very very interesting very very intriguing to say the least you know win loss record for road teams has been sensational i mean if you look at what the road teams have been able to do through the first five weeks, and we still have that Monday night football game that's going to kick off in a little bit, but 43 and 32 straight up, no against the spread, nothing, just what the record was for these teams. And it seems like these teams on the road doesn't even matter really anymore. I mean, for me, the most impressive game or performance and result over the weekend was easily, easily the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, the Colts... Had a lot of guys missing. No Malik Cooker. Darius Leonard out. Didn't know the status of Marlon Mack. Didn't know the status of T.Y. Hilton until a couple of hours before the game. Everybody was picking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs were one of my favorite plays. Not a favorite play, but they were one of the plays that I did have on Degeneration Bets, which we went 3-2. and two. If you are a Patreon member, you heard those picks. But even on the show, I think uh, shout out to Alex Perez, my graphics guy. He put up the image of... Minus 11, I felt really good about that. You know, underperformed the Pat Mahomes in that offense in that game in Detroit, but we need to give and show some love to the Detroit Lions. I think that was the least prepared I was for a team on the NFL preview show, and it turns out that that team is really good, and Matt Patricia has something going over there in Detroit. Taking off the mic from the stand to get a little comfortable. But, you know, I don't know if that's the formula that the Lions discovered with Pat Mahomes and them, but, you know, keeping Pat Mahomes off the field, uh, 22 minutes and 45 seconds is how much time of possession Pat Mahomes had in that Kansas City Chiefs offense. Again, Sammy Watkins continues to be one of the most overpaid, overrated wide receivers. Uh, played, I think, two, three snaps and then pulled his hamstring. Man, this guy is so injury prone. Um, you know, there was a fun statistic coming into this season about uh, Sammy Watkins who is perceived to be injury-prone, but him and Odell Beckham Jr. have played roughly the same amount of games since their 2014 draft class. And, you know, that draft class, not too long ago, was considered to be one of the best draft classes of all time when you're looking at wide receivers, right? As we pull up, pull up that draft class, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Sammy Watkins, I believe, went first. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry was in that class. Uh, also, as you know, I got it right here in front of me. It's it's a sensational draft class, folks. So we got Watkins went four, Mike Evans, Odell, Brandon Cooks. We had K 
Kelvin Benjamin, I think he's out the league. Marquise Lee in the second round. Jordan Matthews, second round. Paul Richardson, second round. Devontae Adams. Holy shit, Devontae Adams. I forgot he was in that draft class. Cody Lattimore on the Giants now. Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry. But when you're looking here at the top, the top of this list, uh, Moncrief, John Brown, to name a couple more. Um, no one else really jumps off the page if you're looking at this draft class. Martavius Bryant, he's out the league now too. And yeah, but you know, at the top, those first two two rounds, sensational, man. And I'm starting to think that that draft class might be a little overrated. Mike Evans seems to be a guy who, if he's not catching bombs deep downfield, he never gets a lot of separation. When you're looking at him, he does seem to catch the ball and fall down. Going back to Sammy Watkins and why I even brought this up, again, Hurt is making, I think he's top 10 in the NFL when it comes to salary cap hit. Uh, Brandon Cooks, again, he got hurt on that Thursday night football game with a concussion. He seems to be a one-trick pony when I watch him. He's a guy who either runs deep or button hooks, and that's about it. And... I think he's the third best wide receiver on that team, if you ask me. But going back to this offense with the Chiefs, I kind of don't want to talk about them. I really want to show love to the Colts, who Allen, shout out to my guy Allen, we do the Thursday pod together, Thursday NFL show. He had texted me what he thinks the games of the week should be. And he mentioned the Colts and the Chiefs. And I was like, dude, I don't want, I don't like talking. And this goes back to the time when we used to do the show, and you know, from the beginning. I don't like talking about games of the week that I think the other team has no chance of winning. And I was wrong. Man, that Colts win, you know, an 11-point underdog going into prime time to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Very hard play to, place to play. Tyreek Hill continues to be out with the shoulder. But Marlon Mack got to be in the discussion for a top 10 back in the NFL, and I don't know where he ranks as far as fantasy goes. I'm talking about just watching him on TV and watching what he does for that offense. He's a guy that's very valuable, and he could play that bell cow back role. I know from week nine on, I had him on my fantasy team last year, and I know sometimes fantasy, I don't really like talking about fantasy teams because people only really care about their fantasy team, but if you look at a guy like Marlon Mack from week nine on, he was one of the top backs in football last year, and he was a catalyst to me winning my championship last year but that also goes to show you that he's a really really productive back and showed a little bit of patience let his offensive line develop holes for him to run through and also I think if you have a great offensive line which the Colts do have and you could just dominate the line of scrimmage I know Kansas City lost Chris Jones early on in that game but even so I think that that game was pretty much in control for the Indianapolis Colts Frank Wright, got to be a coach of the year candidate. Losing Andrew Luck, man, I really wish, I really, really wish my biggest regret of 2019 is going to be, depending on where the Colts finish. Now, that division is pretty wild. We'll get to the Texans in a little bit. Still got the Titans and the Jaguars floating around. No one's really been eliminated from that division. But I would love to see what would have happened if Andrew Luck was the quarterback of this, this team. You know, when Sunday Night Football picked this game as a primetime game, I'm sure they were expecting luck for his Mahomes. But Kansas City no longer perfect. I think that is very concerning because all roads now are going to go through Foxborough. And last year you couldn't beat New England in Kansas City. Now you got to go into Foxborough and beat them. And I don't really know. I don't really know. Uh, Justin Houston, revenge game. He played really well. A lot of not many big names on that Colts defense yesterday. But 
they also lose another another guy in Toure. Uh, that ankle injury looked pretty scary. If you have a strong stomach, go and check it out. But I would try not to because that ankle injury looked bad. But, you know, Pamela Holmes, I don't know if he's hurt, but it does seem like he's been getting hit a lot more than I remember him getting hit last year. And look, that throw that he made, the touchdown to Pringle, by the way, where did that come from? Man, Pringle won people a lot of money if you played him in your DraftKings and FanDuel lineups yesterday. But, man, Colts, 3-2. and two. Hats off. Hats off. Very impressive win. Very, very impressive. Uh, I think we had to lead the show off with that result because it was sensational when you look at what they were able to do. Another thing that I think we need to start doing, folks, and this just goes... And I hate being that guy that says stuff like, what well, are you watching? Or do you watch the games? And, you know, I don't really talk about the number three starter for the Cincinnati Reds because I don't know baseball like that. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I follow the Mets. If the Mets are good, I'm invested in the Mets. And I can tell you about Pete Alonso's year, DeGrom being solid, Noah Syndergaard underperforming, Cespedes again being hurt, Cano contract going to be a disaster again, Edwin Diaz being a night course when it comes to closing. But I can't tell you who the number three starter is on the Reds and how well he did this year, how bad he did. But what I'm trying to say is because I don't watch those games, so I don't have a strong opinion on that. But I think it's very important that you have to watch the games because they're very telling. For example, Will Fuller had a monster game yesterday. Did I expect him to put 200-plus yards up, one of the biggest per PPR, PPR scoring? He had one of the biggest days in – Scoring history, I believe it's 12 all-time. 14 catches, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. And he got tackled at the one-yard line twice. If you were to watch the game and you were watching the Texans, and Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite quarterbacks for a while now, even going back to his time at Clemson. I thought he was going to be a great pro. Him and, him and Mahomes are playing this week. Uh, easily, easily going to be heard on Games of the Week. Spoiler alert, that game is going to be sensational. But, you know... What I'm trying to say is if you watch the games, this was coming. This was going to happen because Will Fuller and Watson have been this close, this close. You're talking about a couple of yards off last week in that game that the Texans played against the Panthers. The ball tipped off Will Fuller's fingertips, and it would have been a 75-yard touchdown. And it's like eventually those guys are going to hit. Remember, Will Fuller was recovering from ACL surgery. He didn't really participate much in the preseason, if that. So it was only a matter of time before these guys were going to connect. And with everyone worrying about DeAndre Hopkins, let's not forget, Will Fuller was a top pick. He was either a first or a day two pick, guaranteed. So the splits between Watson and Fuller when Fuller's in the lineup and Fuller's not in the lineup are sensational. So it goes to show you that watching is very telling, like you saw this coming. Another thing is Aaron Jones. I talked about Aaron Jones from a daily fantasy perspective. Sometimes the role is too good to pass up. And I know Dallas has been really, really good against the run this year. But, you know, I'm starting to think, are the Cowboys as good as advertised or have they benefited from a shit schedule? You play Washington, you play Miami, you play the Giants without Daniel Jones. In the last two weeks, you play two of the better, if not the two best teams in the NFC in the Saints and the Green Bay Packers kind of got exposed. And I know Dallas came back into that game, but man, they were up like 
by four possessions at one point without Deont- Devontae Adams, too. Like, no Adams was crazy because I think he's the most valuable offensive weapon on that team, not named Aaron Rodgers. And with Aaron Jones, yesterday he had the opportunity for a bell cow roll, right? No Jamal Williams. They activated some dude um, off the practice squad, and he dominated the touches, 27 touches. Had a career day, four touchdowns. Won a lot of people their fantasy leagues. Won a lot of people money. But I think sometimes it's very telling what the role is going to be for a player and what the upside for a player is if you just watch the games and you you understand opportunity and and volume and, and, and touches. Another game that jumps out, again, the Patriots. Now, I want you guys to chime in. Hit us up at Veterans Minimum on Twitter, at The Lane Show on Twitter. How good is this Pats defense? Because similar to the Cowboys, have they gotten tested? And I don't mean to sound like a hater, but Pats defense all time or nah? That's the question. Through five games, 34 points is what they've allowed. And remember, there is a special team touchdown in there. And there's a a pick six that the Jets scored. So they've really given up 20 points on offense. If you look at the Ravens, that iconic Ravens defense, the 2000 Ravens defense, or 01, I think it's 2000. McAllister, uh, Ray Lewis, and the boys when they won the Super Bowl. Through five games, they allowed 55 points. And there were three shutouts in that stretch too. But again, you're the Pats, and you're looking at the Pats schedule. They play the Redskins with Cole McCoy, who is really their third-string quarterback. They fired their coach. They played the Jets with Luke Falk. They played the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I'll give them that. But they've also owned Big Ben and the Steelers the last couple of years. And it was the first time that Big Ben really didn't have Antonio Brown. But again, stellar performance. I can't knock that. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Now we see what the Steelers are. But also, they had Big Ben there, and they were at full strength, right? They play the Dolphins, the Jets. Uh, I know I'm missing someone as I pull it up right now in front of me. But, you know, what do we make of this Patriots defense? Is it really that good? Like, their front their front seven, Calvin Inouye is their best player. Their secondary is sensational. But what do we make? What do we make of what they've done so far? Miami, the Jets, oh, the Bills. The Bills and Josh Allen didn't play the last basically four four drives of that game. So I don't know what to make of this defense. I want to see them get tested, but they're not going to get tested anytime soon. They got the Giants this week on Thursday Night Football. The Giants are going to get pummeled. Uh, the podcast, by the way, is going to be out Wednesday night as opposed to Thursday because I've made commit- commitments to go and watch this game out with the guys, and I've already – I wouldn't say I've hedged myself, but I'm expecting an ass-whooping. So be gentle, be gentle. Uh, so they got the Giants on a short week. Then they got at the Jets. And then they got Cleveland coming in and then at Baltimore. So they won't get tested until week eight. And I guess that's when we'll be able to see how good this defense is with Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, Chubby Chubb, OBJ, and then Baltimore with that very difficult offense to game plan for. But as I was watching yesterday, I feel like it's it's become kind of easy to game plan for, too. I know it's a, it's a weird thing to say there, but people are just stacking the blocks and blitzing the hell out of Lamar Jackson. And that's what I think has become the route to stopping that Baltimore offense. Um, 
another game I really want to talk about. Uh, shout out to the Raiders, currently the number six seed in the AFC, holding down a wild card spot, one game behind first. Big win, man. Uh, all we kept hearing about was the Khalil Mack revenge narrative. And, you know, yesterday those those picks showed out. Crosby had a big game, that defensive end. Josh Jacobs, shout out to my guy Dom. He balled out yesterday. Um, I don't really know who the candidate for Rookie of the Year is, but he's in that discussion. The Raiders game-winning drive on the third three-yard line. And, you know, um, that Bears defense, like, what's up? Is that Bears defense overrated? I don't know. Um, I will say that I wish Allen Robinson had a better quarterback. If you look at the quarterbacks that he's played with in his career, and I tweeted this out earlier, I really wish a dude like that had a better quarterback because it's unbelievable. As you look at, if you go to my tweet, man, and I want to I want to give credit to who actually put this out, but uh, Mike Randall, at Randall Rant, Allen Robinson's NFL quarterbacks in his career, 43 games with Blake Bortles, 16 games with Mitchell Trubisky, and two games with Chase Daniels. Chase Daniel. I always call him Daniels. I feel like a lot of people do. But it's like, man, can this guy get a quarterback? Because it's unbelievable how productive he's been without a quarterback. And he had that one monster year before he tore his ACL. And it's just crazy. Hats off to him. He's continuing to ball. But, yo, the Raiders, London game, those games are always fishy. I don't know what it is, but a lot of defenses, when they go out there, they don't seem to play as well as they do in the past. So, I don't know what to make of this Bears Bears team. Uh, you know my feelings on Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think much has changed. I think everything remains the same. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. There's a formula. Throw it to Mike Thomas. $100 million. That was validated. Mike Thomas went absolutely apeshit as I pull up his box score right here. As my pen hits the ground over there. Uh, Michael Thomas went absolutely bonkers. He posted a, I wouldn't call it a career game, but 11 catches for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Actually, that might be a career game. But Teddy Bridgewater, again, he they know his strengths. And I think that goes to great coaching and having a staff around you that knows your weaknesses. And sometimes knowing what your weaknesses are, it's great for your upside as a team and as an organization and as a player you put your guys in positions to win and to be successful you don't want teddy bridgewater to be pat mahomes and carson Wentz throwing the ball 40 yards downfield that's not his game so what do you do you throw it underneath and then that sets up the shots to mike thomas the shots to ted ginn jr deep down the field that game was crazy the bucks have yet to put back-to-back wins you know it's win one lose one win one lose one win one lose one this week they play at well, they play in London against the Panthers. Who the Panthers are hot. Three straight wins. What do you do over there? What do you do over there with Cam Newton? Kyle Allen, three straight wins. Do you pull the plug on him? I don't know. Cam has looked really, really bad in the past. And my stance has not changed on what to do with quarterbacks. Where if Pat Mahomes, knock on wood, as you can hear that, if he was to get hurt and miss two, three games and the backup comes in, who I believe is Matt Moore, Impey's boy, as we uh, pull that up, as we pull that up, even if Matt Moore comes in and throws for 1,200 yards, 400 yards a game, and, and nine touchdowns, no interceptions, and they win three straight games, it's like, yeah, uh, Pat Mahomes is back. The job is his. Right? It's not a situation like I always bring this up. The Green Bay Packers, many, many years ago, Rodgers breaks his collarbone. Matt Flynn comes in. 
keeps the ship afloat. And then that week 17 game is in Chicago. They win that. They win the division. It's like, yeah, well, Rodgers is healthy. He's coming back in there. No debate about it. Right? And there's only a, I think really there's a handful of quarterbacks that that applies to. Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, um, Tom Brady, right? Matt Moore is, shout out to Impy, man. Uh, Senor Presidente of the Matt Moore fan club. But for real though, it I don't know what you do with Cam Newton because he's looked so bad. And I know this might be a take, but. I would just ride ride this wave with with Kyle Allen. I'd ride the wave with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, I think, played well too. And it seems like the team is rallying behind these guys, and they're playing better. I know about McCaffrey. I'm going to get to McCaffrey at the end. But I do think it's, it's living up to the hype. You know, he faced the NFL's top-rated pass defense, and Gardner Minshew threw a career-best 374 yards. He looks like he fits, like, the moment is not big for him. Uh, that's what it seems to me. Definitely would like to get some feedback on that. Let me know what you guys think. But Gardner Minshew just looks as if nothing is, the moment isn't too big for him. And look, at Washington State, he didn't really play in uh, the Rose Bowl. He didn't really play in national championships. Now, I, I don't know if Washington State made the Rose Bowl. I, I want to say they didn't. But what I'm trying to say is, it's not like Tua, who when he comes into the league, or Deshaun Watson, right? Like Deshaun Watson, I still think the biggest game he's played in his career are the two national championship games, even though he played a playoff game last year. I just think that if you're Deshaun Watson, the biggest game you've played in your career has been in college. So like the moment isn't too big for you when you play in Foxborough or when you play in Kansas City. So Daniel Jones, I got to mention it. Um I knew that. Well, actually, I didn't know. I really, I felt confident. Maybe I need to pump the brakes. But 21 of 38, 182 yards, touchdown, and an interception. Um, But, man, I think the Giants' offense, I want to see it with Saquon Barkley. They lose Wayne Gallman early in the game. And I think what really killed them was, I don't know if Daniel Jones has the ability to audible yet, but that safety call was atrocious. Uh, not the call, it was a safety, but the play that led to that. They had eight guys in the box, and they were all at the line of scrimmage. Just like everyone knew what the play was going to be, and Daniel Jones did not adjust to that. He kind of still ran the ball up. The guy got tackled in the backfield. Hilliard, Hillard, I don't even know who that is. He's the third or fourth string running back on the roster, and I shouldn't know who that is. But Gallman goes out with a concussion. He's probably not going to play this week. Who knows about Barkley's status? But Eli Manning, that's the difference. That play right there is the difference between Eli Manning and Daniel Jones. Eli Manning audibles out of that play because that was not the right play to make over there. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. A word from our sponsor, Taver, T-A-V-O-U-R.com. Intimate access. Every brewery Taver features is heavily vetted for the highest ratings, exclusivity, bar of the day, and limitless possibility. Over 600 independent breweries all across the U.S. Signing up for Taver is free. Just download the app for iOS or Android. Create an account to see what available beers are offered to you. Twice a day, you'll get a notification with a new Limitless Release beer. By signing up today, if you guys download the app and enter the promo code VETERAN, V-E-T-E-R-A-N, $10 in cold hard beer cash to use on the app after you spend $25. Again, free to sign up and there is no obligation to purchase. All right, this next segment that I got, I know I've done it in the past, but I think I want to really keep track of this one. 
So by process of elimination, we're going to start deleting, delete, delete, delete some of these teams in the NFL that I think have absolutely no chance to make the playoffs through five weeks in the regular season. And I know this might be premature, but I think as the weeks go on, by process of elimination, like I mentioned, we can start scratching off some of these teams. I don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs after what I've seen through five weeks. Now, it's important to note that in the past, as far as last season, we've had a team be 1-5 and five and make the playoffs in the Indianapolis Colts, and we had a team start off their season 0-3, the Houston Texans, go on a nine-game win streak and win their division. But I think it's safe to say that the following teams, I think, have no chance of making the playoffs. And we're going to start off with, number one, currently the number one pick in the NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, Zach Taylor and the guys over in Cincinnati, uh, ravaged by injury from the start of the season two, do not have their first round pick. A.J. Green hasn't played yet. John Ross was the number one wide receiver according to many outlets, many fantasy leagues from a production standpoint through the first two weeks. And then he didn't play yesterday, right? Auden Tate stayed and he did score a touchdown. Auden Tate, another thing, going back to what we talked about before earlier in the show about how watching the game is very telling. Auden Tate, over the last couple of weeks, has played 90% of the snaps. That's with John Ross in the lineup. So you take away John Ross from that lineup, his volume's going to go up. He also dropped a slant inside the five-yard line. That was a walk-in touchdown. If you just, you know, it, it seemed like he wasn't expecting the ball to get there quick. Probably going to cut ties with Andy Dalton after this season. And you're shaping up to be a team that is going through a complete rebuild. And not much to be excited about if you're a Bengals fan. Um, maybe Tyler Boyd coming out the slot and you finally have something from John Ross. So I'm going with the Bengals as completely eliminated from the playoff picture. Now, a lot of these are going to be obvious, folks. I know I'm not really going out on a limb with these. Next up, the Washington Redskins, minus 78 points in point differential. That's the second highest in the NFL behind the Miami Dolphins. The Redskins are 0-5. They just fired their coach, John, uh, Jay Gruden. And you know what? I kind of I called it on VM last week on, I believe it was the Thursday pod. You know, it was the spot, right? Reports came out that Jay Gruden did not want Dwayne Haskins. It was more to honor the word of Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen. He leaked that information that they didn't want him. It's also important to remember that Jay Gruden is kind of the father of the McVay tree, right? McVay was under the Jay Gruden. So was Kyle Shanahan. Jay Gruden not too long ago when he was with Cincinnati, when he became the head coach for the Redskins, he was the guy that was McVay three years ago. Everyone wanted Jay Gruden. And you know what? They haven't really had the best roster in the NFL the last couple of years. They haven't really hit on any free agents that they brought in. Not a lot of draft picks to be excited about. Josh Norman was sensational the first year they got him, but now he that guy is, again, the cornerback position, guys. They fall off a cliff really, really quickly. Uh, year to year, it gets embarrassing. Janoris Jenkins now cannot cover everyone. Anyone, right? Um, Darius Slay has been getting had. Uh, Casey Hayward, too. Uh, I know Slay's been out, didn't play in his last game, but still, it's not what it used to be. These corners rotate. Marcus Peters has always been an aggressive corner, but what I'm trying to say is corners fall off a cliff. Now it's, everyone's praising Jair Alexander. Hell, Marshawn Lattimore 
first couple of weeks was the most targeted corner in the league. PFF had him as one of the worst defensive backs in football. I believe he gave up over a 90% completion rate to quarterbacks that were thrown in his direction. And then last two weeks, zero from Mike Evans, literally zero. And then also Amari Cooper, he shut down on Sunday Night Football. So I don't know if that's Lattimore just showing up whenever a team is good or a good wide receiver is going to go up against them. But the point remains that corner is a year-to-year position where you can't bank on a guy to be, that guy's going to be the number one corner in the league for a decade. No, like he might be in that discussion, but the unanimous, like even Darrell Revis, Darrell Revis had that three, four-year stretch where it was like, yo, that's the guy. And then after that, it was kind of like, ah, he could be had too. Patrick Peterson also. But what makes them great is when it's consistent. So going back to the Redskins, I also have them as a walking dead team. Miami Dolphins goes without saying. But you know what? Of of the teams that are winless, you got the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Redskins. I'm throwing the Jets in this as well, but we'll get to the Jets in one moment. This is going to sound crazy, but Dolphins fans, at least you have a plan. The plan for Miami is, yo, we're going to tank. If we don't like you as a culture guy, we don't like your cap hit. We don't like the locker room guy that you are. You're a shitty teammate. You're gone. We're going to collect assets. We're going to have the number one pick in the draft. We don't know what. Who knows? I'm not selling my stock on Josh Rosen yet. I know I might be by myself on Rosen Island, but this guy has had a bad hand dealt to him in his first two seasons, right? Cardinals, disaster of offensive line and coaching staff. Steve Wilkes got fired after one season, and then he's in Miami now with a defensive-minded coach in Brian Flores, and again, rough roster. You've gotten rid of every top-caliber player that you've had pretty much or or have, and Miami, though, they have a plan. We're going to suck. We're going to suck, but we're going to get the top pick in the draft, hopefully, this weekend is going to be interesting. Redskins play the Dolphins in the Tank Bowl. So the the suck of suck bowl. But Miami has a plan, and I'm all for it, right? As a Met fan, I saw many years ago, five, six years ago, it's like, yo, we're going to trade away Carlos Beltran. We're going to trade away R.A. Dickey. We're going to trade away these really good players that we have, and we're going to get all these prospects. And then we went on that run where Syndergaard blossomed, Matt Harvey blossomed, some of these young guys came into the fold. And then we spent some money on like a suspect has brought him in also. And it got us over the hump. Got us to a World Series, right? So you have a plan. I'm all for it, yo. I'm all for you sucking if you tell me this is our plan. We're going to suck. We're going to collect all these assets. We're going to trade away our best players, right? Yo, that Minka Fitzpatrick trade looks really good right now when you look at the Steelers at one and four. And they still have one of the hardest schedules in the AFC. And now they might be down to their third string quarterback because Mason Rudolph looked like he died on Sunday. I legit thought he was dead. By God almighty, he killed him. That's what it seemed like. I thought he got smoked because that was a very scary hit. And it was just something that it was just tough to watch. Very tough to watch. And he just laid there like a corpse. So that trade looks better too. So Miami, hats off to you because you have a plan. And I know not many people are going to be saying that, but to the Dolphins fans, be patient. You're going to be fine, I think, because there's a plan. I touched on the Jets. The Jets should be getting Sam Darnold back this week. They play the Cowboys at home. Cowboys, be careful. I'm calling for an upset alert. Just be careful. 
You're on a skid. They're going to get their guy back. They're going to get Chris Herndon back too. They're going to get Sam Darnold back. They're going to get C.J. Mosley back. They're going to be playing at home. Just be careful with that game. But with the Jets, 0-4, that game against Buffalo was the big swing game early in the season. And it seemed like when C.J. Mosley went out, the entire defense collapsed. And then you haven't had Darnold the last couple of weeks, and that's a pretty rough spot there for you. But I think with the Jets, you can you can eliminate them because the AFC is really good. The AFC is really good. And as you look at the AFC picture in, in the AFC, you have – now, look, they're only two games back, but you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then pending tonight, could potentially have eight teams above 500. And then you have three teams at two and three. So – I think it's safe to completely eliminate the Jets from playoff contention as well. So just to update our list right now, and I'm going to keep track of this, and we're only going to add teams. We're not going to be able to subtract. If we put you in there, we're burying you. So we have the Redskins, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bengals. I'm going to go ahead and put the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Pittsburgh has lost, I think, the stat that's been going around. Outside of that first game against the Patriots, all their games have been close. Less than one possession. So as you look, they lost by 30 to New England, but then they lose by two to Seattle. Big Ben gets hurt. They lose by four to the Niners. A lot of fumbles. They beat the Bengals, and then they lose by three to the Ravens in overtime. So a lot of losses in overtime or late in the fourth quarter for the Steelers. But I think four four wins is their ceiling, and obviously that's not going to be enough. So I'm putting... I'm putting the Steelers in the walking dead category uh, going forward. Another team that we got to put in the walking dead category. And, you know, this might be the best. This might be the best one in four team that I've seen in a really long time. Because Denver has a legitimate case of being potentially three and two right now. Again, win back-to-back years in Los Angeles against the Chargers. And one of the reasons why I'm always concerned financially backing the LA Chargers is because they lose a game like this every single year. And they lost, they ultimately lost home field advantage because they lost to Denver in Denver last season. The Chargers and the Chiefs last year were 12 win teams, but the Chargers ended up having to go on the road as a wildcard team because the Chiefs won the division. Despite splitting that, you know, they lost opening week last year, did the Chargers to Kansas City where Pat Mahomes came out and exploded for four touchdowns, really broke into the scene there. But again, the Chargers have no home field advantage. And until they do, I don't know what's going to take. Do they got to go back to San Diego? That's not going to happen because they've completely burned that bridge. But the Denver Broncos, they've, you know, they should have beaten, they should have beaten the Bears. That that call on the hit on Mitchell Trubisky is one of the softest calls of the season. And I know I haven't been a Trubisky truther, but Bill Simmons called them Trubiscoholics. Everyone that's a super, super fan of Mitchell Trubisky, I found that really funny. But, you know, they lose by eight to Oakland week one. They lose by two in that game against the Bears. Um, they lose by nine, by 11 to the Packers. They lose by two to Gardner Minshew. So you have a case for you being potentially three and two, and it's a completely different season. But I'm ready to to write you off as well. Uh, sorry, Broncos Nation. I think that it's safe to put you in the walking dead. Now, the Falcons one and four, the Cardinals one and three. They play each other this weekend. And yes, it is time for the first time in 2019. We officially have, as we queue up the band, we have a 
a loser leaves town match. The Cardinals play the Falcons this weekend. I'm not going to put either of these teams in the Walking Dead. Whoever loses this game, loser leaves town match. You are completely eliminated from the playoffs. And if you're the Atlanta Falcons, that hot seat is fuming for one Dan Quinn. And I'm going to wait and see. We'll put one of these two teams guaranteed, a lamb guaranteed, one of these two teams, either the Falcons or the Cardinals, will be added to the Walking Dead segment next week. So to recap, the teams that are in our first ever, well, second ever, but first ever tracking of the Walking Dead, we have the Washington Redskins, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Broncos. That's six teams, and there will be a seventh team added after this week at the very least. So there you have it, the Walking Dead segment. Before I mentioned, when we were talking about Kyle Allen and the Panthers, I'll get to McCaffrey, and this is what I meant. It's become a very popular segment across all sports to anoint someone the MVP or to start MVP talks way earlier than we usually do in the past. I mean, I don't I think it's a social media boom and it's the involvement of creating new talking points and everyone likes to debate who the best players are and who's having stellar years. Um the MVP race is starting to really develop into one of the biggest storylines in every sport across the board. Now, I don't know what it's like in baseball because also my gripe with baseball's MVP award is like, I know Mike Trout is the best player in baseball and he's been the best player in baseball for a long time now, but how many playoff appearances does he have? And I know there's like the wins above replacement, the war and all that and the extra analytics stuff, but it's like, can we just start giving the MVP award in baseball to a guy who's on a team that makes the playoffs? Like, isn't that valuable also? So like in the NBA, historically, with the exception being Russell Westbrook, and yeah, shout out to my guy Fox, who always gives me shit for this to let it go, but James Harden should have been MVP that year because uh, Russell Westbrook, the last three seasons, has averaged a triple-double um, and has finished less and less and lower and lower in the MVP rankings. So... Going back to the MVP award, it becomes a talking point. It becomes a fun talking point, and you could get creative with it. You could legitimately cross off a 30-minute segment on your talk show or your radio show or your podcast if you start to debate who the MVP is. So I'm going to list my five MVP candidates, and I'm going to go from five to one. And I want you guys to bear with me, and I'm going to give you my five candidates. Number one. Solely, solely off reputation and for being the GOAT and because his team is undefeated, they're 5-0, and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, 1,400 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, 99.4 rating. Um, he is so far behind Pat Mahomes in statistical categories. Like, it's not even – it's – well, he has more touchdowns. He has one less touchdown than him, but – you know, yards, Mahomes has like, I think, four or 500 yards more than Tom Brady. But, you know, now they are officially the number one seed in the AFC. They broke that tie there, 5-0, and like we mentioned. Um, he is the quarterback on the best team in the NFL right now. We talked about that defense, how potentially they might be overrated, overhyped. But again, you play who's on your schedule, like my buddy Boss would say in the past, and Aside from week four looking rather pedestrian 
against the Buffalo Bills, who Buffalo, shout out to Buffalo again, man. A lot of love to Buffalo the last couple of weeks. Shout out to my guy J-Dub up in uh, the 716 and my guy Piz. But, you know, you got to respect that team. They're 4-1 in the AFC too, right? And when Buffalo plays in Buffalo, they're a hell of a defense. So you got to show them some love. But, again, I think he has posted a passer rating of 103.9 in every single game outside of the game against Buffalo. So number five on my list is Sir Thomas Brady. Now, number four, this is where it gets interesting for me. And, man, imagine this dude on a team like the Indianapolis Colts as Odell Beckham Jr. is currently throwing passes. Like uh, maybe he's the best quarterback on the Browns as he was the best quarterback on the Giants the last couple of years too. So Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is my number four MVP candidate through the first five weeks of the season. 1,364 yards, 11 touchdowns, one interception, 115.9 rating. He is playing behind arguably a bottom five offensive line. And put it this way, I feel like it's improved from last season. A lot of his demise is he takes these sacks and these hits because he does hold on to the ball very long. Their offense is a very complex offense. And, dude, one of the coolest things that he does now is it's in a very kind and respectful way is he talks about coverages, and it is sensational. If you listen to this guy, it shows you just how smart these guys really are. A reporter asks him questions, and he talks about cover two and sky safeties, guys coming down, linebackers dropping and all that stuff, and why he hits a crossing route as opposed to a post route, and why you should run this kind of route concept against this kind of zone defense and et cetera. And it's it's sensational. It's really, really cool. But Deshaun Watson, um, he just had and I know it's recency bias, right? He just had a career game. Threw five touchdowns, had over four hundred yards. Uh we talked about Fuller earlier on, and you know, he has two games with a passer rating of north of 135 and has gone two games with no touchdowns and a rating of less than 76. But he provides a rushing upside too. He has done a lot of damage on the ground. And I think that he is second in the NFL in passer rating and in touchdowns. And I think the biggest case for him is that, you know, if you look at it as a whole, sure, he has weapons and fuller and stills has been a nice addition, though he didn't play last week. Kiki Kute came back three for 72. He's getting the tight ends involved more. I would love to see Duke Johnson utilize more. El Guapo is being uh, a competent running back in that backfield. And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins has still yet to explode outside of that week one performance against Marshawn Lattimore and those Saints that we talked about. But I think the fact that he's playing behind that offensive line and he's being productive and the Texans are now 3-2 and two in a showdown against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs coming up. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that game. So I want to see I want to see what he's going to do going forward because I do think this is a playoff team. I did a video for Chat Sports. Shout out to Chat Sports. If you guys didn't know, I've been working with them for a couple of months now. And, you know, I did uh, the Deus Dozen, the 12 projected playoff teams, and I had them as my three seed in the AFC. So I think uh, Deshaun Watson might have an all-time caliber season. Uh, he was my favorite quarterback coming into the fantasy season this year because of his rushing upside. And I thought that Pat Mahomes was going to regress. And sure, he still might throw 45 touchdowns or he still might surpass 50 touchdowns. But, you know, back-to-back weeks, he's combined for one touchdown. And for Pat Mahomes, that's kind of 
a a a downtick in production and i think it's a nice segue because this might be a controversial take i got pat mahomes as my number three mvp candidate 1831 yards through five games 11 touchdowns no interception 114.7 rating and i know this is going to sound crazy ultimately he might win per las vegas he is the favorite still to be the mvp actually this is according to my guys the DraftKings sportsbook of course we know sports betting has been legalized throughout the country many many states are passing rules and regulations for it DraftKings over in uh, new jersey really cool spot highly recommend it not a sponsor just you know degening at his finest they still have him as a favorite um but you know he he hasn't had a bad game yet like he hasn't had like one touchdown, three interceptions, and I don't know if Pat Mahomes is gonna kind is gonna have those kind of games, but I think he, after these last two weeks, and then you're gonna look at the next two guys that I have ahead of him, what they've been able to do. I think it's fair to say that they've leapfrogged them. Now, remember, this isn't what I'm saying is ultimately gonna happen, folks. This is just an update through five weeks. Who I think the best players in the league have been. I think Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes is third right now. I think it's third. Can he win MVP? Sure, absolutely. I would still bet my uh, my life savings. Spoiler: It's not much, but I would I would still pick Pat Mahomes. But right now, I don't think he is the leading candidate for MVP, in my opinion. I mentioned Christian McCaffrey, and I think that's who I'm putting in at the number two slot in MVP, and. All of you guys on Twitter, as I'm pulling up a couple of these tweets, it seemed like recency bias is an absolute, absolute thing. Like, people are stuck in the moment. And, you know, I asked, who's your NFL MVP through five weeks? Um, Don Maldo, McCaffrey. Adam Sanko put Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater, the bridge. Okay, I like that. Uh, NB1217 underscore 32 says Pat Mahomes. I don't have a problem with CMC either. So another CMC guy, Ryan Drury. Gotta be this guy. And it's a gif of Christian McCaffrey. CMC says Nodiak. Uh, Mike, Chelsea underscore fan seven. Russell Wilson or CMC. Jordan Richard, CMC. Has more yards than Zeke and Gurley combined. Again, another CMC for John DePinto. Cam Cunningham, 15. McCaffrey, and it's not even close, he says. Fettuccino, my guy Chino. McCaffrey, easy. Uh, Mike Samich, we'll get to you in a little bit because you actually have who I think the NFL MVP is right now. But, you know, Christian McCaffrey, guys, has been sensational. I mean, if you're playing fantasy, what would you possibly have to get in return to trade him right now? He is on pace to have a season that we have not really seen ever. This guy is absolutely balling. He leads the league in rushing. He has a total of 587 yards on the ground, 5.6 yards per carry. He has 31 catches for 279 yards on the ground, and he has a touchdown through the air also. Um, He hasn't had a fumble this season. And it seems like he's a guy who, as Matt Breida, is waving goodbye and running into the end zone, and he's also on my fantasy team too. So shout out to Matt Breida, man. Whether you like it or don't like it, learn to love it. But McCaffrey, oh, wearing 22. Nice little segue, man. I'm becoming a professional at this stuff. But CMC, he is literally having a season similar to what 
Adrian Peterson was having, right? He is the entire offense right now. He's had one bad game, and that was against Tampa Bay, who we need to show love to because Tampa Bay has shut down Gurley. He shut down McCaffrey. They've shut down Barkley. Granted, he got hurt. Uh, Kamara didn't do that well. The Tampa Bay Bucks defense is one that we need to respect. That front seven is playing a lot better. But McCaffrey, for what he's doing and his usage, it is sensational. Um, I think it's definitely fair to say that he is the number two leading candidate. And you know what? It's about time that someone's in the discussion that's not a quarterback because MVP seems to be a quarterback award. And that leads me to my favorite at the moment, in my opinion. Controversial take or not. I think the leading candidate to be NFL MVP right now, in my opinion, Russell Wilson. 12 touchdowns, no interception, 126.3 rating. It's higher than Pat Mahomes is. He has more touchdown passes than Pat Mahomes. Um, as I pull up Russell Wilson's stats in front of me, just because uh, I want to see if it validates what I'm saying over here. You know, Seahawks are 4-1. and one. Their one loss was an ugly loss to the Saints without Drew Brees. But then again, they had a defensive score, did the Saints, and they had a special teams touchdown, a punt return, which ultimately the game was 14 nothing before Russell Wilson really got going. Um, you know, this season he has 1,400 yards, like we said. Um, nothing on the ground so far. As I'm looking over here, it doesn't really say. Oh, that's just passing, excuse me. Because I want to pull up his rushing. Um, oh, yes, two touchdowns on the ground against the Saints, too. So, Russell Wilson, he's... He is, I think he's the most important quarterback to his team in the National Football League because I think he's the most valuable player in the league right now. What I mean by that is the drop-off between Russell Wilson and the backup is huge. I don't even know who the backup is in, in Seattle. I'll pull that up as well. Seahawks, quarterbacks. But with Russell Wilson, right, um, leads the NFL in touchdowns, no interceptions, triple-digit passer rating in each year. He just becomes – he's just so consistent week in, week out. I don't think Seattle has a, a really good team. I think he's really the guy that makes them legitimate and makes them great. Wilson has been carrying them for a long time now. As Richard Sermon, former LOB member, makes an interception um, – if he has games like he did on primetime, and that's another thing that really influences people. You know, they played on Thursday Night Football, and he he balled out. He balled out. The, man, that pass that he made to Tyler Lockett's one of the best throws that I think I've, I've ever seen. Uh, rolling to his left, throwing it. Pretty much where only Tyler Lockett get it. Similar to, like, Big Ben in the Super Bowl against, his, against the Cardinals to San Antonio Holmes. So, just to recap, folks. Russell Wilson first. CMC Christian McCaffrey second Pat Mahomes third Deshaun Watson fourth and then fifth none other the Angels one Tom Brady so let me know how you guys feel I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as far as I go you can find me at the Lamb Show Twitter Instagram and on Twitch I'll start streaming again for those of you that have visited in the past definitely check that out uh, at Veterans Minimum on social media whether it's the YouTube channel which you can go and watch this Monday pod you'll see some of the hats and the uh the VM strap as I'm tapping it in the video right now. You can see that there, youtube.com slash veterans minimum. The show is available on iTunes, Google Play, 
SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube. What? We're available everywhere, folks. Thank you so much for the support. Continued support. We will catch you guys on the Thursday pod. Bye bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.